What is standing room only here in the evening at Barrel Boy and Banker, a traditional uh, English pub, and we're so thrilled to be here, exactly, <laughs> with DeMarco Farr and Steve Mason. I'm J.B. Long. This is a three-hour edition on a Saturday morning of Rams All Access as we prepare for Week 7, and it's a primetime game here locally in London at Twickenham against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, joining us now, a special guest. We mentioned that there are folks from around the U.K. and around the United States who have traveled to be here for this game. Among them, Tim Chavez from Albuquerque, who, as I understand it, has never missed a Rams home game in his in his fandom. Tim, thank you for being here. Uh, give us your story. You are not a Los Angeles resident, never have been, just a lifelong Rams fan. Yes, sir. I've been a Rams fan since I was about six years old. So I've been traveling the last four years. I've had season tickets. I've made it to every home game, and I make a majority of the road games that I can get to. Well, this counts as a home game, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so you never missed the London trips either. I was here last year just as well. Wow, wow, unreal, man. What was it about the Rams that drew you to them in the first place? Well, I had an uncle that was a big Rams fan, and he turned me on to football. And ever since then, the blue and gold just stuck with me, and I've led Rams blood for my entire life. But give us your take on this season to this point. How much are you enjoying being 4-2? It's great. It's, I, it's a different feeling than last year. I don't know what it is, but something special is with this team. I can see it coming. I know what it is. Last, week, last year's team was hard to watch. <laughs> uh, this year's team scores, and we're having fun with it, right? I agree. I mean, the offense is moving the ball. It's awesome. It's just great to see something like that. Do you have a favorite Ram of all time? Favorite Ram of all time? I did watch you a lot, DeMarco. Yeah. You were one of my favorites. But, trust me, I do have your jersey. I know. There's a butt coming. Go ahead. Yeah. But my all-time is the boy from Albuquerque, and that's Jim Everett. Jim Everett. Jim Everett is Ram of all time. He's a good Ram to pick. How about, how about on this team? On this team, I met Jared Goff last year in Houston, Super Bowl week. Okay. And he came over, and I he signed a football for me, and he's probably my favorite right now. That's great. And your son is with you on this trip? My son is with me, yes. Tell us about him. He's 19 years old, his first time out here to London. So last year I bought my wife. She couldn't make it, so I invited him, and well, he's excited. <laughs> sorry about that. Knocked the... Oh, oh, sorry. We're knocking stuff over. I it's, like it's it. It's so crowded we're spilling drinks, but yeah. that's fine. It's open bar. <laughs> Just go back and get a new one. Well, Tim, thanks for joining us. Yes. Uh, thanks, thanks for being Tim. a Rams fan. If there's one game left on the schedule that you want to win most, which one is it? The one I want Play the 49er game. The beat four, the 49ers. Yeah, 49ers. I just got to beat the 49ers every week. That's a Ram All thing. All right. Yeah. Uh, Tim, last question. Whose house? Ram's house. There, there you go. go. Love it. <laughs> Good job, Tim. Enjoy the time with your son. Thank, thank you, guys. And awesome. here's to a Rams win. Rams win tomorrow, baby. Wouldn't it be cool if that, that finale against the Niners at the new year is for a playoff spot or maybe even better, a playoff home game? Oh, That would be awesome. Incredible. Incredible. Then they'll be wearing the throwbacks for that yeah, game. Yeah. So Royal and Yellow oh. at the Coliseum to kick off a new year, end a year, and yep. kick off a new one in the playoffs. That'd to, be awesome. To clinch would be outstanding. To clinch on them would make it even more sweet. Well, Absolutely. Ke- Kevin was talking about uh, Kevin was talking about uh, you know sort of the way the season is going and how to track who's in first place and stuff. You know what I think about? I think about total wins. We've got four. Five more wins, and we're most likely in the, the playoffs. That's 500 yeah. football the rest yeah, of the 500 way. 500 football, exactly. Isn't that crazy? Win tomorrow, four more wins. You just add them up. Uh, it's you get to nine wins. You're especially in this division. Nine and seven might win the win the West. The way things are going. You know, I was looking at today over lunch is how difficult 
the Seattle Seahawks remaining schedule is. If you're thinking the Seahawks are the primary challenger to the Rams' first place right now, they, they go to New York this weekend. I think the Giants can beat them. What I saw from the Giants in Denver, I think the Giants can beat them. But after they travel to New York, they do not have another sub-500 team left on their schedule. Wow. They still have to go to Arizona. They still have to go to Jacksonville. They still have to go to Dallas. They've got home games against yeah. the likes of the Falcons. And you can't fix an O-line. So that's a like product theirs. of winning the division yeah. last year. Remember, you get paired up with the other first-place teams yeah. in, the, in the NFL schedule. Well, and they cannot run the football. They cannot run the football. And if they didn't have Russell Wilson, who's got that escapability and that ability to move the pocket and make things happen on the run, they would have no chance on offense yeah. whatsoever. As soon as you had to pay the quarterback, you knew Seattle, as you know it, was going to start to deteriorate and get old. And they kept the money on defense. They had to suffer somewhere, and it's on the O-line, and you can't move the ball on the yeah. ground, and Russell Wilson is just under siege. You know, it's interesting. If you if you look at the way the payroll is distributed, you mentioned the money on yeah. the defense. 60% of their payroll is devoted to defense and only 40% to offense. You look at teams like the Cowboys and the Steelers, it's exactly the reverse. 60% on offense and 40% on defense. So their defense is expected to carry them. Their defense is still pretty good pretty formidable yeah, yeah pretty good but they're gonna have trouble scoring that was the frustrating part about Gurley uh, getting stripped and fumbling off the pylon on that opening drive of the home game against Seattle is because it felt like the Rams were in a position to take the torch from the Seahawks right in that game with a win and it wasn't just going to be passed with that drive after a defensive stop they were going to rip it right out of the Seahawks hands and they weren't going to look back a quirky rule in the NFL structure that we've now seen in a couple of weeks that thing goes the other way, and it turned into a five-turnover day with a missed field goal, and unfortunately the Rams didn't get it done. You had your opportunities. Uh, great play by Earl Thomas, making the play, getting the ball out, uh, forcing the, the touchback. But, yeah, I mean, even after that, you had Seattle exactly where you wanted them, and you kept making mistakes to give them back the ball. Once they got the lead, look, this is a championship football team. They know how to win football games, so... Once you gave them the lead, it was going to be tough to get it back. I talked to Kirk Morrison about that uh, that last throw, the Cooper Cup throw, uh, and he said that all day long, Jared Goff, and this is what sort of gives me, like, great confidence in Jared Goff. Uh, first of all, on that Tavon Austin touchdown run in that game, uh, the Jared changed the play twice, um, and just looking at the defense and evaluating. And then on that, that Cooper Cup throw, he'd been playing cat and mouse with Earl Thomas all day long. Got him. And ended up throwing that ball blind to a spot. And it was it was the right spot. I mean, Cooper Cup, nothing to apologize for, but that, that can be a touchdown pass that wins the game. All right, we'll take a break here. But on the other side, a Rams legend, Tory Holt, will join us from the Barrel Boy and the Banker. On the Thames River here in London, <laughs> and a three-hour edition of Rams All Access on ESPN LA. Welcome back to London, everyone, in this expanded edition of Rams All Access. Spending three hours with you on a Saturday morning. It's a big weekend here on ESPN LA. USC's in South Bend, and the Rams are in London. They'll take on the Cardinals here tomorrow night locally. And brunch time back in Southern California with Steve Mason and Super Bowl champion DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. One of the all-time great receivers in Rams history, Torrey Holt, will join us uh, shortly. And DeMarco, he's a former yeah. teammate of yours. You guys go way back. I go way back, man. I mean, watching Torrey sing last night does not shock me. I saw it every single day in the locker room. I mean, Torrey's a guy that you actually heard before you saw. And I'm talking about outside the building. He's always in a great mood, and he played the same way. So, tremendous. Um, when I had him, he was a young pup. 
He grew up to be one of the best in the NFL at the time and all time. One of the best receivers of all time, Torrey Holt. What's up, big game? Yo, what up, man? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just just navigating my way through these these uh, great UK fans, man. Rams fans. Can you imagine if they brought the greatest show? I what? mean, back back in the day, if we, they brought us here, we wouldn't have been able to. We wouldn't have been able to come in here. <laughs> Not at it all. It just would have been crazy. Not at all. Wow. But uh, but this is great, though. I think I think the the as you can see, our game is growing internationally, yeah. particularly over here in the UK. And then the uh, and then what a great turnout of Rams fans today, just showing love, drinking beer, talking football, and they're all excited for the game. So it's great to be over here, man. Uh, the experience we had last night was one I'll never forget. Yeah. And I know you had a great time with it as well. It's awesome. We're at Abbey Road, one of the yeah. world's most famous recording studios. We've got a, a quick snippet of you singing a solo. Can we play that first Absolutely. and then Absolutely. get your take on the night? All right, let's go back to Los Angeles and hear that. What do I do when my love is away? I, I love to sing. Um, DeMarco knows that. I mean, I, I love music. I love to sing. I, when, that, when, my, when I was a rookie in training camp, the veterans used to, they used, to, uh, used to laugh at me a lot because I used to wake up singing. Um, and I still sing. I grew up in the, I, when I was growing up, I, I sang in the choir. So um, this was my opportunity last night to, to show off my, my singing skills. So I took full advantage of well, it. Well, you, show, you showed well, man. You showed well. <laughs> it sounded good. So uh, you, you've had a chance to look at this team. Yeah. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys scored a few points in your day. Yep. Uh, this team is now, after six games, the highest scoring uh, team in the league. Awesome. It's not the greatest show on turf, but it, but they're scoring, especially compared to last year. What are you seeing from these guys? I, you know, I, I like the fact that that we're scoring points, and the the confidence that we give our squad and we give the defense going into games, knowing that we can score. Um, it hasn't been it hasn't that feeling hasn't been around here for a while So it's good. To, it's good to see that, that that's happening And I think a, 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 a main reason why that's happened is the is the production of Ty Gurley and obviously the offensive line giving Jared time to throw the football but creating lanes running lanes for Todd allowing him to get the run game going um, And then he's catching the ball out of the backfield, which I think is expanding our, our offense and then the young boy Cooper Cup and Josh Reynolds and Gerald Everett and Hickby and Sammy Watkins and the list goes on of the talent that's on this roster. As you hear our fans here yeah. um, are, are, are really stoked up about Rams football. But just a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And then you got a guy in Sean McVay that can coordinate offense, that can create matchup, that can schematically put his players in position to make plays. And that's what you're seeing. So I'm glad that they're scoring a ton of points. Hopefully it can, it can continue starting Sunday and throughout the rest of the season. What would you advise Sammy Watkins and maybe you have if you had a chance to counsel him on transitioning to the Rams offense as he's tried to do through six Get games? with the quarterback as much as possible. Um, you know, starting in the morning, have lunch with him, work with him in between periods and practice, work with him after practice, um, work with him in the study, in the, in the film room after Just spend so much, spend as much time with Jerry Goff as you possibly can because Sammy's the vet. You know, Jared is, is, you know, still, you know, kind of learning the game and, 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 um, and improving. But Sam is the vet. He can go to Jared and say, hey, look, let's spend some more time together. Let's make sure that we're on the same page. And then that's going to build trust and confidence. And then when the game comes, it's, it'll be natural for Jared to know he can look outside and he knows Sammy's going to get open. He knows where he's going to be. And then it, it, it'll just continue to boost Sammy's confidence 
as he gets the ball. Because we saw in the San Francisco game, when he got the ball, he was tough to cover. And, um, and he's, a premier, he's a premier receiver in this league um, with his skill sets and his size. We just got to get more, just continue to get more out of him. He's having such an impact on those other names you mentioned uh-huh. offensively, even if he's not getting the numbers himself. Yeah. From a receiver standpoint, how difficult is it to take solace in that, to console yourself with the fact that, hey, I may not be getting the numbers, but Robert Woods is, but Todd Gurley is, but Tyler Higbee is. Well, I mean, as hell, I mean, we all want the ball. And playing a receiver position, our job is to catch the football, move the chains, and score touchdowns. Um, and I'm sure Sammy wants to be a big part of that. And I think it's going to come. He's just got to continue to work, continue to talk to the coordinator like he and Sean had. I think they had a conversation last week. Continue to work with Jared. Continue to trust the guys around him. And um, and I think that high level of production will continue to come as the season goes on. He just can't get frustrated. He can't get down in the dumps. He's got to come out, he's got to come out each week, work, put the time in, and then when his number is called, get open and then make the play. What do you think of Jared Goff? What was your opinion when they drafted him from then until now? Well, you know, when he and when he was coming out of school, um, he and Wentz, I, I personally said early on, I didn't think either one of them was first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we drafted him, and then, uh, you know, just watching him and then spending time in the summer with him when I came up in the summer and spending some time with him in the meeting rooms and just listening to him talk football. Oh, by the way, I spent a little bit of time with him at the rookie premiere too. And he just had a quiet confidence about him. Uh, he's very, very tough, which I love. He's got a tremendous arm. He can make all throws. And he's um, – so I, I like him. I like what he's doing. I like how he's developing. And then bringing Sean on board. And I, it was just, it's funny because I was just at an event prior to coming here, and I talked about how Sean, Coach McVay, was a shot in the arm for this organization. Not only the organization, but he was a shot in the arm for the offense. And particularly Jared Goff because he can help tutor him, bring him along, and make sure he understands how to play offensive football at a very high level. So I'm excited for Jared. I like him. He's tough, like I said. He's got a quiet confidence about him, and he understands – what his role is on this football team, and he's embracing it. Cooper Cup has been uh, just a – by the way, the Rams had a great draft. Think they about did. Cooper Cup. Think no about doubt. Gerald Everett, who's yeah. made some big catches. Um, who would you compare Cooper Cup to? Do you have a, do you have a comp for him? Who's oh, like? wow. Um, right now, no, because um, he's still filling it out. Um, I will say this. He's a very productive player. He was productive in college. I think he'll continue to be productive in the league. He does a good job of getting open. He understands football. And, you know, there was a lot of talks about his measurables. You know, he'd, he'd have a fast 40. He didn't have, a, he'd have a, an explosive vertical jump. That's cool. He's a football player, and he's a guy that I would want on my team because he understands football. He studies it. Again, when I was here in the summer, when I was in the film room, film room with them, he and Jared Goff stayed back and was just asking a ton of questions. And that right there told me this dude wants to be good. He wants to be, not only be good, he wants to be an elite player in this game. And the reason why, he's staying back, asking me questions, picking my brain, trying to figure out what it's going to take in order to have success in this league, I knew he was going to be good. With the production that he had in college, and then he's paired with a quarterback in Jarrett and a guy with Todd that can, that can get, get, um, runs out of the, can get yards out of the backfield, it's going to create a favorable box for the receivers on the outside because they're going to see one-on-ones. And like I said, Cooper can run routes, and he can catch the football. He's, he's going to be a really – I think he's going to be a fine receiver in this league as, as his years go. Talking with Torrey Holt, one of the all-time greats for the Rams here in London with DeMarco Farr and Steve Mason. I'm J.B. Long. DeMarco, what do we need to do to get this guy in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Straighten out that finger first. Look at that thing, wow. Mason. Look at that thing. That Straighten that thing out first. That's number you, one. You know what, I'm tired yeah. of – you know, people – 
continue to ask me, are you going to get surgery? Are you going to get no, a fix? No, why? That's and, a- and I'm not. I'm, I'm tired of surgeries. I, I had a ton of surgeries when I was playing on, with my knees and, and whatnot. And I got screws in this finger. So I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. It still works. It's functional. Functional. Um, the only time it gives me trouble is when it gets, when it gets real cold. But, uh, no, nah, I'm not having any. What about I'm if you try to flip somebody off? <laughs> I did it before. I did it before. It's funny you asked me that. <laughs> Quick story. I was, coming yeah. from, I was coming back from the airport, and I was, I was rushing to get home, so I was riding this guy. I was on him real hard. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I pulled over to the right. He was going to the left. And he was like, he said something to me real foul. I was like, man, you, man. <laughs> and he was like, yo. <laughs> What's wrong with it? <laughs> to your finger? Like, he totally forgot that I, like, was just hitting him with a ton of F-bombs. Like, he totally right, forgot right, that. Right. Because the focus went to the finger. Of he had course. never seen a finger like that before. So, yeah, I flipped, flipped someone off before. There you go. So it can be done. Yeah. It can be done. So why have the surgery? And they, t- and they totally forget about any yeah. altercation that we had. because Completely they disarms them yeah. because the finger, the finger is so messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Is that me or yeah. somebody else? But, no, to answer your question, the Hall of Fame is going to happen. It's going to happen. I Eventually, Tory Holt. Isaac Bruce, all the guys that should be in are going to be in. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Yep. And then that finger can just run like a post pattern around <laughs> yeah. the ring, yeah, right? Yeah, it runs. Around the Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I know it. So, you know what? Yeah. You know, I've been a semifinalist the last three years um, for the Hall of Fame, and it's, you know, that in itself is an honor. And I played with tons of guys. I mean, DeMarco, Ray yeah. Agnew. I mean, I had a – when I first came into the league, I had so many great examples in front of me to show me how to be a pro and how I was going to have success in this game. And with Marshall being a Hall of Famer, Orlando being a Hall of Famer, Ike will be a Hall of Famer, Kirk's a Hall of Famer. I was in a huddle with a ton of guys that are Hall of Famers. And my thing was, if I could just play halfway as well as they played, I'll be a good player in this league. Um, But it was a treat to play with those guys, and and we'll see, man. You know who had a tough job? Kurt Warner. Yeah. After one step, everybody's (laughs) hand is up. I'm open. I'm open. (laughs) So So Al Saunders would be like, look. Put those damn hands down. <laughs> right. Don't show those hands. Jared, so we learned early not to show the hands. Right. To that point, Jared Goff and the Rams are the only team in the NFL that have six different pass catchers with 150-plus receiving yeah. at this stage of the season. Well, you know what? I, and that's a credit to, again, Sean, and it's a credit to Jared and his maturation because he's seeing the field and he's getting the ball to different players. It's like as a defensive team coming in, who do you stop? It kind of reminds me of how it was with us with the greatest show. Like if you take away Todd – then Cooper's going to kill you. You take away Cooper, then Woods is going to hurt you. Then you take away – I mean, it, it list, with the talent that they have on this roster, they're set up to have great success. And one of the things that many players on this roster have not experienced is success. Can you speak to what it's like when you go down a regular season schedule and you're now 4-2 and two for the first time since 06? You can be 5-2 and two going into a bye. It really is true what they say. Every week gets bigger yeah. when you're winning. I think it's great. The, the year before I came to St. Louis, we were 3-13. and 13. Yeah. And then all of a sudden – we went two and zero, and three and zero, and four and zero. I think it's great. I think I think players should embrace it. It's not a curse to lose to win. You should embrace it. That's why you play the game. You play the game to win games. Um, so I don't I don't see a problem with it. I hope the guys are enjoying it um, and just stay focused. And, and I know coach the coaching staff will do a good job of keeping them focused. But it's okay for the guys to accept the fact that they have a winning season. They're playing well. People across the country, across the world, are recognizing the Rams for playing good football. And it's okay. So I hope they keep that confidence up. And then they got to go out on Sunday versus a, an Arizona team who, who just got Adrian Peterson. Oh, boy. Who was outstanding last, last week. And oh Larry boy. Fitzgerald is still <laughs> playing at an elite level. Um, they got their hands full. But I think if they take care of their business, execute, 
Don't turn the football over. Score. We got a great chance of winning this game against a really against a tough divisional opponent. You want to spend just a second on Larry Fitzgerald? Give us your take from from a receiver standpoint he's about, about what he's doing. Hall of Famer. I mean, it's, it's, as soon as his time comes up, he'll be he'll be in the hall. But he's so productive. He's so consistent. He's reliable uh, for that Arizona Cardinals team, and he's such a great leader. I I had an opportunity to spend a, spend a few days in Arizona, and uh, and I sat in the meeting rooms with the receivers, and he's. He's the leader in that room. They they listen to Larry, and then he goes out on the football field and he practices hard, he studies hard, and then obviously what he does on Sunday speaks for itself. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. Really oh, great thoughts. Hey, big uh, shout big shout out to the fans out in Los Angeles. I hadn't been to Los Angeles yet, um, but I'm looking forward to getting out to a game. I have people on my timeline hit me up all the time, say, "Hey, when you when are you coming out to LA?" My son plays high school football, so that's kind of interfering with me getting right. out to Los Angeles. But I, I watch the team. All the time I watch. I don't miss a game, um, and I follow the fans, and I interact with the fans on on, 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 um, on my timeline at Big Game 81. So keep hitting me up. I'll keep We'll keep vibing. But big shouts out to our fans out in Los Angeles. We appreciate the love. Repping the Rams, future Hall of Famer. Thank you. Tori yes. Holt. Absolutely. Here in London. We'll be back on All the ESPN LA. It's blocked. The punt is blocked and scooped up by LA. They charge into the end zone with a touchdown. A sea of Special blue jerseys. Teams capitalize on a block punt it goes for six who has the football we still can't see it's malcolm brown who carries it in welcome back to the barrel boy and banker which is a british pub here on the bank of the thames river as we continue with rams all access with mace and with demarco far on jb long it's a little bit different feel to our London trip this year, not only because the Rams are coming off a win over Jacksonville as opposed to a tough loss against Detroit last year, because the Rams are suddenly the favorites. You look across not just the lines, but all the pickers, and it's like a consensus on Pro Football Focus on ESPN.com. Everyone is jumping on the bandwagon here for the Rams, and that feels awkward, well, uncomfortable. Well, why shouldn't you? I mean, Todd Gurley uh, proved uh, he's a top 10 guy, and he's proved he's one of the best backs in the league. You've got one of the better left tackles and Andrew Whitworth protecting the first pick in the draft. And then you have Aaron Donald on the other side. You just paid Alec Ogletree, so uh, it doesn't surprise me that you're being favored if you start to win and look like a credible football team. Now, the thing, what Tory just said is dealing with success. You have to deal with being a first place football team. You have to deal with being everyone's big target week in and week out. This is what happens when you win. The games get bigger every single week, no matter who you're facing. If you're facing a team that's better or a team that has no wins, when they see you on the schedule, they get jacked up for you. So week in and week out, it's more imperative that you play your best football. You know, the Rams secondary, I got a question about this. Uh, You know, Maurice Alexander started as the starter. Then he went to the inactive list and now he is gone entirely and john johnson has stepped in tell me tell me about this transition how it happened and and why wade phillips made this change well my thought is this if if john johnson is healthy in training camp that move is probably made sooner uh and if you lined up every single safety strong and free that's played for wade phillips it'd be easy to pick out mo alexander he just doesn't fit so he's more of a box safety which means he's more of a linebacker, I would let him go ahead and eat and beef up and do what Mark Barron's doing. Just go ahead and be a linebacker. I think you're better suited for that. But there were some issues early on defense to where they would put him in space and force him to make tackles against either running backs or receivers in the open field, and he would miss. Uh, So that didn't go unnoticed to each and every offense you face and definitely didn't go unnoticed 
to this coaching staff. So as soon as John Johnson was up and available and showed that he could do it and on a long-term basis, as in I could start you now, then you go ahead and make that move. Next to the rookie, the other piece that we've been missing since the road game against San Francisco in week three, LaMarcus Joyner, who by all accounts is one of the top three players on that defense, maybe one of the top four players on the Rams' entire roster. You talk about paying Alec Ogletree. We're going to discuss Aaron Donald getting his contract done. They also need to find a way to retain LaMarcus Joyner because he's transitioned from the slot to safety and can play nearly every role, and that's going to be vital tomorrow against the likes of Larry Fitzgerald. We're going to see a lot of Nikhil Roby Coleman, a lot of LaMarcus Joyner against Fitz, who's playing in the slot more now than ever, and he's doing so at a Hall of Fame level. You know, the other thing is Carson Palmer is definitely winding down now for Carson Palmer. He's not the guy he was two years ago. He's not even the guy he was last year. Um, he's got Fitzgerald, which is an unbelievable safety blanket. But uh, Carson Palmer, I don't know if this is his last year. It's got to be close to his final year, I would think. You it's, were there for the Cardinals game at home last year? I was, the yeah. Season? There was a part of me, and I think he even said it on the air, when he threw that last touchdown pass to Fitzgerald and Fitzgerald brought the ball back to the sideline with him, I wondered if that was their farewell. Yeah. Unfortunately, the wins weren't there for the Cardinals coming off their 2015 season, and I think they were dissatisfied with going yeah. out on that note. So guess what? They're both back. I saw yeah. every one of his uh, home games as a Trojan. So I remember that moment yep. uh, exactly, that final touchdown. And, and and he's close. Yeah. He's close. He's got a lot left. If you put Carson Palmer in Jacksonville, that team might be undefeated. Oh, yeah. Running the football the way they're running it. I mean, one thing Carson Palmer can definitely do is throw off play action. And he's got a good enough arm to get the ball down the field just about anywhere on there. So, But his offensive line can't protect no, him. No, but it, now it's a little bit different. I mean, when you've got Chris Johnson or this version of Chris Johnson, you can play the run with just seven. Now with Adrian Peterson, with what he put on tape, you're going to have to load that box, which is going to open up everyone else in the mm-hmm. passing game. And like Tory said, um, and I'm glad you brought up Fitz and Tory because if there's one receiver that reminds me of Tory Holtz, it's Larry Fitzgerald. I told this to Tory. I said, you and Fitz, when the ball gets to you, it doesn't make a sound. Most guys, when they're out there catching passes, there's a little slap, like a pitcher and a catcher. There's a slap from the football. But those guys, it's like velvety gloves, and they're always in the right spot. So as long as you have guys that can force man coverage against Fitz, you won't be able to cover it. The Cardinals have a league-high 17 players, including those three names we've mentioned, who are 30 years or older. By comparison, the Rams have only three. That's not even including their head coach, right? So just an age disparity as we kind of fight the jet lag and come across the pond to play this game uh, in London. I found it interesting that the, the number one welcoming committee for the Cardinals for Adrian Peterson was Larry Fitzgerald. In fact, he insisted that AD stay at his house really? in the greater wow. Phoenix area. Um, so you mentioned he's kind of just a rental piece, right, bridging the gap until they get David Johnson back. Can they stay in contention? Uh, but those two go back to... Uh, Fitzgerald's college days, they actually met at an award ceremony when Fitzgerald was at Pittsburgh, and they've been close friends ever since. So uh, Fitzgerald yeah. didn't need any rejuvenation, but A.D. has come in and given life to the rest of the offense. And to your point about the carries, he is aged. We'll, I'll give him that. But if you go back and look at what he did to Tampa, his first three carries went for 54 yards, and I think he finished with just 134. And every single time he had success running the football, the Cardinals scored. So Sometimes they're going to feature. Sometimes he's going to set up things for the rest of the offense. But as a defender and as a, if you're a coach, Wade Phillips, you're going to have to honor Adrian Peterson being in the backfield because he's proven time and time again that he can beat you. Mark Barron is questionable with a finger injury. 
How critical is it to have Barron on the field tomorrow if he can go? I think it's huge. To uh, tackle Peterson. I, I mean, when he's not there, you feel it, especially in pass coverage, because, I mean, he is a linebacker. He's an inside backer. But once it's an obvious passing situation and you stick him on a running back or a tight end coming out of uh, – of a, of a hand-down position. I mean, he's got the advantage. You can't outrun that guy. So when he's not on the field, you definitely feel it. But if you put Corey Littleton in there in his stead on first and second down, you may be a little tougher against the run. So at some point, you might start to see those young guys in there taking those rundowns and spelling those veterans. You know, tomorrow, I, I just think tomorrow's game is so important. There's such a huge difference between 4-3 and three and 5-2, and two, especially going into the bye week. If they're able to do this uh, tomorrow, go into the bye week, and then the Giants are certainly an incredibly beatable team right now. Uh, you start thinking ahead a little bit, and, I mean, it starts with tomorrow, but it opens up for them after that. I think it's a great point, and the Rams are ready for their bye week, certainly, and all the momentum of going into it on a winning note. It's kind of the Seahawks formula. I think the Seahawks have now won 23 of their last 29 games wow. going into the bye. It's part of why... Uh, that championship franchise has ascended. Uh, let's take a break here. I want to talk Aaron Donald specifically in the next segment if we can because he is once again a one-man wrecking ball and rated as the highest-graded player in the entire NFL, not just on defense. Mason, I want to get your take about whether or not he can be a, a face of the franchise cornerstone piece that the, the, the fan base in L.A. can identify with for many years to come. He's certainly going to be a force against Carson Palmer and the Cardinals tomorrow. We continue from London on ESPN L.A. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome back to Happy Hour here in the U.K. with Steve Mason and DeMarco Farr on J.B. Long on this Saturday evening. Looking ahead to tomorrow in primetime locally, the Cardinals and the Rams, a chance to go to 5-2 and two before the bye week. How about this? Over the last 10 quarters, L.A. has held the Cowboys, Seahawks, and Jags to 39 points since halftime in Arlington. They had given up 90 points in the 10 quarters prior to that. So we talked about the resurgent defense, Wade Phillips finding traction, Aaron Donald getting right. Before we get to what he's doing on the field, Steve, I want to ask you about Donald specifically off it and what he can mean to the city of Los Angeles and professional football if the Rams do lock him up long term. Well, I mean, I, I think that... Aside from Jared Goff, Aaron Donald is the biggest name on this team. Um, and I'm not sure, you mentioned pro football focus. Um, I, you know, I don't know if the average fan looks at that uh, necessarily, but I, I look at it all the time. And the way he grades out is so spectacular. Um, and I think anytime you see the Rams lock up particularly a running back between the tackles you're just not getting through Aaron Donald um, if you go th if you're sitting in the stands like I am uh, the jerseys that you the jersey you see more than any other is number 99 so yeah I think Aaron Donald and locking him up long term is huge for the franchise talk about pro football focus uh, they have him with more pressures than any other player in the National Football League that's more pressures on five games. He's one in the hole having missed the opener, and he still leads, and he leads from the interior. Yeah. That's rush edgers included. DeMarco having played inside. What is it that he's doing? He's been better than his best he's, in 2017. He's incredible. He's easily the most decorated guy on the team. I mean, when you go back to college, he's the most decorated guy the Rams have, so he might be the best football player on this football team, and you know, possibly the conference and even the league. But, I mean, when you watch him now, uh, he does the dirty work. And remember this, he's just now rounding into form. So there's still another gear left. 
in Aaron Donald. From what you see now, he's going to go to another level. That's but because he missed training camp? Because he missed training camp, yeah. because he missed preseason. It's a, it's a new defense, new terminology. He's getting used to everyone else's fits around him, and he can start to pick his spots to where he can freelance, make plays up the field, which is what makes him special. But, I mean, you'll watch him, man. I mean, he'll do the dirty work. It's first and ten. He's got to be just a run thug, which means I can't give ground. I know I'm going to get doubled. I can't make the play. i got to free up my linebackers to make plays. It's boring. You hate doing that. But as soon as it becomes an obvious passing situation, boom, no warm-up. He's into the backfield. He's beyond his man. He's in the lap of the quarterback just like that. I mean, you don't see that out of outside guys, inside guys. You don't see that out of, out of anyone. That I can transition from a run stuffer, a more than credible, more than better than average run stuffer, to an above average pass rusher in a play and not miss anything on either one. It's just amazing. The strip sack on Blake Bortles, I wish I could tell you how difficult that is as an interior player. When you go from a power rush on a guy that has you by 60 pounds, you drive him back into the quarterback, then slip off, go around the back of the quarterback to knock the ball out. That's what edge rushers do, not interior guys. You don't see those plays out of interior pass rushers. So I'm with you. Pay him what he wants. He's the best player in the league by far, in my opinion. Oh, by the way, he's doing that while having to respect the rushing threat of Leonard Fournette down in and down out for and an entire You have to game. play tight. And remember, I mean, if you go back through Wade Phillips' defenses, you don't see interior guys with numbers like this. I mean, it's it's really, I mean, the fun is in the winning with defenses like this. You're going to be off the field more. Uh, your offense should have the ball more, which means you score more, which means you probably win. So it's not fun as an interior guy to play in a scheme like this. But it looks like he's playing a 4-3. It looked like the defense is set up just for him to make plays. That's how good he is. And that's what's so great about Wade Phillips. I mean, he's been doing this long enough that he could be set in his ways and have every reason to be set in his ways. But he comes to L.A. and he's searching for ways to make sure that Aaron Donald's life doesn't change. If anything, he gets more one-on-ones. And he's willing to take Michael Brockers and say, you know what, you've been playing here on the nose for how long but what if we put you out at the five technique what might that do for our pass rush best move i think this coaching staff has made outside of making Tavon what he really is a running back and then a receiver but moving michael brockers off the nose which is right in that center guard gap which all you're doing is taking up space fighting guys in the phone booth keeping your linebackers clean moving him out to head up over the offensive tackle you're a defensive end now that makes you active in the pass rush, and he's rewarded the team for moving him out there with great pressure, and he's getting sacks out there. And he's not doing square peg round hole here. In fact, he's, no. you know his defense is fungible. He's making it work for the talent he's got instead of sticking with what he has always run. I think run. that's the unifying yeah. theme of this coaching staff. On offense, they're trying to hide weaknesses and accentuate strengths. On defense... They inherited pieces, some of which they have let go, some of which they've drafted, some of which they've acquired in free agency. It may not fit perfectly to who or what they want to be in a year or in five years, but guess what? For the time being, they're taking their depth of experience and applying it to what the players do best instead of making the players do what they've done throughout their career. I thought it was awesome with Brockers in particular because he had been talked into, you're just going to be a nose tackle, and then you're just going to be a co-star in the Aaron Donald show. As in, all you do is make sure he's free and cover him if he decides to go on a freelance situation. But moving him out and saying, no, Michael, you can be more than that. You're actually a guy that can play. Let me put you in one-on-one situations, and let me see if you can beat the guy. Now, it's never going to be as pretty as what Aaron Donald does. It's going to be more physical. It's going to be brutal, but it's just as effective. You're moving people towards the quarterback on most of the time the front side to where he can't see. Like Aaron – or not Aaron Rodgers – 
Russell Wilson has a tough time seeing over anybody, but imagine trying to throw over Michael Brockers. And I think he got two batted passes in that game. I mean, if he can't knock the quarterback down, stand there, put your hands up, you're 10 feet tall, you may knock some passes down. So to have that on one side, and then you have Aaron Donald in the middle, and if you can get more of Robert Quinn on the outside, you got yourself a big league. You know, I also think that as we go along, the linebackers are becoming more comfortable in their roles, too, in this defense. So I think Ogletree seems more settled in. Barron seems more settled in. They're making plays where I think earlier in the season they, there was some there was some uh, uncomfortableness in the new scheme. You have to trust each other. Um, most of the big runs that happen or most of the big plays that happen on the ground, and passing plays are what they are. Sometimes they catch you, but the run stuff is what really makes you frustrated as a defense and as a defensive coordinator. But most of those big runs happened early because they weren't trusting each other. I'm trying to do my job and yours too. And that's because you're trying to work guys into the mix, maybe some guys that aren't going to see as many reps when Donald comes back. But And then once Donald came back, you're trying to get everyone on the same page speed-wise. He's way ahead of you because he's got fresh legs. So it's all starting to work towards a defense that's starting to gel and starting to know what each other's doing. So, I mean, it's going to be tough to stop Peterson, but at least I think you're hitting them and getting them at the right time. He's DeMarco Farr, a Super Bowl champion with the Rams. I'm J.B. Long, and Steve Mason is with us in London here at the Barrow Boy and Banker. Just a phenomenal two-story British pub that's packed. Standing room only with Rams fans as we count down to the kickoff with the Cardinals. The Rams are second in the league in sacks. A lot of that is because of the great pass rushers we've mentioned. Some of it is coming with coverage, and that should only get better with LaMarcus Joyner able to join the safety core. We talk about the likes of Tremaine Johnson, who was hoping for a contract extension, instead the tag for the second year in a row. He's been bought in. Kayvon Webster has been one of the more underrated defensive pieces in the entire league. When he's been right with his well, with his health, he's been a massive contributor. And, you know, they, they get him from Denver. You know Wade Phillips has been there. You know, as soon as that move was made... He knew that Kayvon Webster fits. He was he saw him. He was not a starter in Denver, but they got a great defense and a great secondary. But he clearly picked a player that absolutely fits the system. I love Kayvon and I love Tremaine Johnson on the field at the same time. Big corners. I mean, every offense that tries to run the football, your job number one is to block the safeties and make corners make tackles. Well, those are two big corners. You don't give anything up when those corners come up and make plays. Now, when Tremaine has to miss a play because of whatever, or Kayvon's been out, and you put a Roby Coleman in there, and it's a true smaller corner, then the run game changes. Now the defensive fits have to change, but having Kayvon Webster and Tremaine Johnson on the field at the same time has been great. You can't get the ball over the top, and you can't run the ball right at them because they're big guys that can make plays. I'm curious to see how much we see Nikel Roby Coleman and LaMarcus on the field at the same time tomorrow because the thought was that LaMarcus could play safety and then come down and play in the slot on obvious passing situations. Right. But he and Nikel are both way above average playing from the slot. And guess what? Larry Fitzgerald, as his career has worn on, has been playing closer and closer and closer to the tight end because he's so great in the running game, among other reasons. But do you travel Tremaine with, with Fitz? Do you just go best on best? Or do you let the guys who thrive covering the slot play the slot I, I would say you let the guys play the slot the guys that are in the slot play the slot and if you're worried about fits you can always bracket cover him and just take him away that way but I would put LaMarcus in the slot on first and 10 because he's a better run defender than than Roby Coleman he's a guy that can get downhill he's ferocious tackle ferocious tackle <laughs> for his size the best tackle oh my, oh my god. god and in an obvious passing situation versus the same personnel put Roby Coleman in the slot and put LaMarcus back, back at free safety up. so you're always guessing as to where he's going to line up. And remember, just because he's on the slot doesn't mean 
he's going to cover. He can also blitz from there. So, I mean, look, having him back just it creates so much versatility for the defense. But it all goes back to Aaron Donald, with whom we started this segment. Uh, and, Mace, to your point, I think he's the defensive face of the franchise kind of guy. And it's nice to see, even following a, a contract holdout, that he's come back in full force and with full buy-in. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, he is the he's the key to the defense. He's the best known amongst fans of all of the defenders on this team. Uh, and I think that despite the fact that there was a holdout, everybody, like, all is forgiven. You know, fans are fans are completely... They've forgiven him, the, you know, any blame that existed. And I think generally you talk to fans, and fans will say, pay him. Pay the man, as they said in, uh, in uh, Rounders, pay him. Pay the man his money. You <laughs> yes, know? exactly. He's, he twists his Oreos. Exactly. Yes. Uh, well, it's interesting. He tied for the NFL lead, the team lead, in pressures last week. If Aaron Donald was his own team, he would have tied for the team lead in pressures. We hope he does it again this week against the Cardinals. Uh, we're live from London here on ESPN Los Angeles. Hope you're having a great Saturday morning. We've got USC and Notre Dame still to come. And then, of course, tomorrow the Cardinals and the Rams. We continue on from the Barrel Boy and the Banker here on the shores of the Thames later on.